This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So stocks are selling off again here in September 2023. And I was wondering, you know, as a value investor would wonder, are there any deals among the high-ranked stocks? Can I get something, you know, that has sold off here a lot cheaper? And while we're at it, why not look for some income and dividends? I know many of you are really into the income right now. Why wouldn't we be? We can go to a bank and get 5% in a lot of the accounts at the banks or in a money market fund. There's a lot of ways to get the income now, um, some of which would be higher than what you can get with some stocks. But why not look for cheap stocks with some dividends here while things are selling off? And maybe we can get a little bit better yield because some of these stocks have sold off. So I went to the Zacks.com page on the screening page. And I did do the predefined screens that we have in there for value. I looked though originally before I decided to add the dividends and I did look at, you know, just some of the regular value screens. I did look at the classic value of which there were 14 stocks on the classic value screen. So that kind of does tell you that there's plenty of cheap stocks out there because Some of you may recall, we've run the screen many times and it's kind of rare to get over 10 stocks really on the classic value screen because it has a lot of components. It has a PE, price to book, price to sales. I think PEG is in there, price to free cash flow. Like there's just, there's, there's a lot of components and then the rank is on there too. And so it's really narrows it down and you don't get many. Many times we've only gotten, you know, five or six stocks total on that screen. But this time there was 14. So that was intriguing. But I really did kind of want some of the income in there. I also ran the, the screen on Zacks.com on the predefined screens that had uh value stocks near their 52-week highs. And these were ones that were number ones or number twos, which are the buys and the strong buys near their 52-week high. And I thought, well, that's kind of intriguing because we have a sell-off right now. So these have to be pretty you know, powerful storylines going for them to have the high rank and to still be near their 52-week highs. And that screen what near means is within 10% of the 52-week high. But that's still pretty strong performance given the weakness we've seen in a lot of stocks right now here in September, 2023. So I ran that and it gave me 61 stocks. So I was a little surprised by that. And then I, I delved in a little closer because I hadn't run that screen in a while. And I was like, well, what, what is a value stock in this screen? And really they look at the Zach's value score. Now the value score was a or B, I believe uh, qualified it. So that's also why we got a lot more stocks than just plugging in like a PE or a price to sales ratio as the value component. But the Zach's value scores does include all of the those components within the score. Uh, there's a couple other things in there too to get the score, but it does include, you know, the classic value valuations are in there. So it should give you low low levels on those in the Zach's value score. But 61 stocks was just too much for me to deal with. And it it is for most investors if you're looking for just like a basic screen. So I decided to create my own and include that income component. 
And all I did was look for Zach's number ones or number twos. I put in a dividend yield above 3% or 3% and above. And that's not super high because you can get about 5% at the bank right now. So it is under what the bank is paying, but I didn't want it to be too narrow. So I just kept it at the 3%. And then I also included price to sales ratio uh, under one because that means we're getting the sales for less than a dollar. So if it's 0.2, we're getting, we're paying 20 cents for that dollar sales. That's what we want. And then PE, I did it 15 and under for the PE ratio, just to keep that kind of low too. And then I ran that screen. So that's real basic. There's nothing, you know, flashy or, you know, difficult about that screen whatsoever. I didn't even put volume levels or, you know, market cap size, anything, nothing else. And I got 29 stocks. So that was a good number. It's not as much as 61, but it allowed me to kind of pick and choose like what's on here, what what looks interesting. And so I picked out five names out of that screen just to talk about real quick because some of them are kind of interesting, especially with what they're doing here in 2023, you know, whether or not they have sold off or, or not. Um, so let's dive right in. Might as well get to it, right? So the first stock is Manpower Group, ticker M-A-N. And this is the big, I don't even know how they call themselves anymore, but it's like a job. It is kind of a job placement consulting firm, you know, career business consulting, I think is what they're actually under. Wait, let me look. Yeah, well, they're under staffing firms on Zax.com. But that is what they are. But it's a little, it's more complex, you know, executive staffing and and other things. But they are also global. So they give kind of insight into some countries in Europe plus the United States. And so that makes them a little bit more interesting. So they have a dividend yielding 4.1%. So that's pretty juicy. A PE of 12.4. Price to sales is 0.2. So all that sounds pretty good. I checked out the chart year to date. They're down 12.6%. So they they have been weak this year. That's under the S&P 500, obviously. Um, but, you know, as I said, I kind of running these screens now because I wanted to see if I could get anything even cheaper. Let's see. I'm looking at the chart right now. So over the last month, they are down 6.8%. So you are getting a little bit of a pullback here. And that's what we wanted. We wanted to know, you know, if if we could get something on sale. Um, when do they report? Uh, we have late October for them. There's no set date. So we'll wait and see on the manpower group. But this one's interesting. As the economy slows, you'd think this is not the place you might want to be. And that's probably why shares are a little weak here. You are getting the dividend for your patients for it to turn around, right? I might want to get this one even a little cheaper. It's not near uh, its 52-week low right now. So maybe at a 52-week low is maybe better for me for the Manpower Group. But that is Manpower Group, ticker MAN. Second stock is Steelcase. Now, I haven't talked about them in a while, and I'm kind of surprised they're on here. Ticker S is in Sam, C as in cat, S is in Sam. Steelcase is the furniture, office furniture uh, manufacturer, 
and, you know, back to office has been bad and or everybody bought like furniture already during the pandemic, but maybe not. Maybe we are transitioning into, uh, you know, an up period maybe because more people returned back to the office after Labor Day. They did just report earnings only like a week ago. They had earnings of nine cents, but the estimate was for a loss of three cents. So that's a big difference. And that's probably why you're getting the high Zach's rank on them uh, because they did just report and the analysts are like, whoops, we're getting, we got that wrong and things are better than what was expected there. And you can see if you do take a look at the chart, a nice little pop on that earnings report, kind of, it was just kind of going along like, doo, doo, doo. and then everyone's like, wait, things are much better. You know, it's not all doom and gloom like it was a couple quarters ago and the stock is cheap. So we're going to dive in. And um, you can really see, um, yes, the analysts have had a raise. So for this fiscal year, we now have estimates earnings of 74 cents. Just a week ago before they reported, it was 59 cents. So that's a big jump up. And they are bullish on the next year as well. They've raised there as well. So that's all good to see. You do get a dividend, obviously, with seal case over 3% because that's what we looked for. And it's yielding 3.7%. PE is still cheap at 14.5 and a price to sales ratio of 0.4. Uh, year to date, however, these shares are now up 59%. 59% for Steelcase, nobody's paying any attention. And the spike up on that earnings over the last month, the shares are up 33% because that spike up. So a lot of it has come in the last month, but this one's kind of telling you the story is changing. It's not as gloomy as it was. And this is what the Zach's rank is meant to reveal, right? That estimates are being revised higher. Something good is going on when that happens, or at least not as pessimistic. And this is something better is going on. And so that's earnings growth of 32% year over year if this holds, if this trend continues. So Steelcase, interesting study on this value side, ticker SCS. Then I pulled out Whirlpool out of the list because we haven't talked about them in a while. They have shown up on our list many times over the years because they have been a cheap stock off and on. And Whirlpool, um, year to date, shares are down 7.3%. So um, I don't think anyone's surprised about that. Most people like you know, the housing market's raging. They needed all the appliances. They were buying them. Sales are way down on new home sales, even though prices remain elevated, but the sales are down. And so they're, they're just selling less appliances. That was always going to happen. And you can now get a refrigerator. I'm glad to report. Remember when you had to wait like months, it seemed for just to get a refrigerator, but that that supply chain issues and all of that is clearing up and demand has uh, been coming down a bit. So over the last month during this market weakness, Whirlpool is down about 2.7%. So that's not too terrible. But like I said, uh, year to date, it is down 7.8. Just kind of treading water back and forth all year long. Can't really get any momentum because the housing market has been struggling on the sales side uh, to some extent. I know that's hard to believe when you see like, you know, all the uh, home builder stocks soaring, but uh, Whirlpool 
you know, is providing the appliances and those are going to be less because they're selling less. Um, I did want to take a look just at the two-year stack. Well, two years, it's still down about 38%. So it came down off of its highs in 2022 and then basically hasn't been going anywhere. But this makes it cheap, right? So the PE is at 7.9. Price to sales is at 0.3. And the dividend now is pretty juicy. It's at 5.4% on the yield for Whirlpool now. So that's pretty equivalent to what you might get in the bank, but you do have the risk that these shares could go lower, right? But you have the opportunity that maybe they're going to turn around and start going the other way eventually. So that is Whirlpool, ticker WHR. Then I want to kind of stay on the home side because some of these stocks really have been beaten down, but it's not a home builder, but it is um, one of the furniture manufacturers. It is also one we have talked about in the past, but I'm bringing it back because they've always had the good dividend, and that is Ethan Allen. And they um, are somewhat unique. They manufacture all of their furniture in North America, including in the United States, but also I think they're in Mexico and Honduras are their other locations. So, um, you know, if you're interested in kind of, you know, buying companies that are building in America, that would be Ethan Allen. Ticker is E-T-D, as in David. E is in Edward, T is in Tom, D is in David. Remember, they had to switch their ticker because everyone confused them with Ethereum <laughs> all those years ago. That's kind of gone away now, but occasionally I still see Ethan Allen kind of referred to. Even the E-T-D ticker, I feel like still confuses some people and they think it's a cryptocurrency or whatever they're thinking. Um, but it is not. It is a furniture, kind of luxury furniture retailer. One thing I have always liked about Ethan Allen is that they have no debt. That's why they have the big dividend. And right now that is yielding 5%. When things were really crazy during the pandemic, they were paying special dividends because their free cash flow was so enormous and they didn't know what else to do with it. So they had the base dividend plus specials. But now that sales have declined a bit here, again, because housing sales have declined, and that's normally when you buy most of your new furniture. And we all we all bought our furniture during the pandemic when we were stuck at home. We were tired of those couches. We bought new ones. We bought desks. Uh, what else did we buy? Maybe some bookcases, maybe even like a dining room table, things like that. But that's done now. So the real drive will be people buying like new homes or moving. Even if it's into a rental, you want to buy some new furniture. And so um, it's not terrible, but things you know have come down even for um, uh, the luxury side, which this one is a little bit more higher end. So Ethan Allen, again, like I said, they're paying that dividend yielding 5%. That's pretty juicy here. And PE is just 8.9. That's also uh, you know really cheap. Price of sales is 0.9. But on the earnings side, like I said, year over year, earnings expected to decline 19.6% because last year, pretty bullish. Uh, housing was still going, you know, pretty strong sales. And so they were having like, you know, just huge years, but it's not terrible, uh, you know, down 19.6% here. Now, what are the shares doing? Year-to-date up 11.5%, but they are off their recent highs. So one month 
they're down 3.3% here on this like mini sell-off. So you are able to get this a little cheaper here and could it go even lower? Sure. It went lower, I believe, last year. It was um, like everything went low into that October low last year. Let me look here. Um, they actually kind of bottomed out in September of last year and then have been seeing quite a nice little rally here. So, um, but maybe we won't retest those lows. And so you're still getting it cheap. And with that yields. So that's Ethan Allen, ETD. And then I'm going out on a limb here and I'm not doing uh, a retailer we've done, at least not for a while. Um, you might think, oh, maybe she's going to do like the gap or something because that one had the huge dividend yield too. But it's not the gap, but it's guess. Guess Inc. Ticker G is in George, E is in Edward, S is in Sam. And, uh, you know, this is apparel and it's kind of trendy apparel too. And it's uh, not just U.S., it's Europe, it's global. And so you really have to pay attention to what's going on. They do have a big European business and especially over in Europe because if things start to falter, which they somewhat have, there's some countries that might already be in recession and then you could see, you know, more problems basically in the company, but it's it's pretty cheap already. PE of seven, price to sales of 0.4. Uh, year to date, it's up 2%. So it's not really doing anything, much of anything, but it did just recently have a spike that had to be probably on earnings, I'm guessing, because it spiked in August. And that's right around when the retailers were still reporting. So we did have a spike on the earnings, but it's coming back down. One month now, it's down 6.9% on this mini sell-off here in September 2023. But these shares really haven't gone anywhere. In two years, they're down 5.7%. And five years, they're down 7.3. So think about that one. Five years down 7.3. You're just kind of going back and forth and back and forth. That included the pandemic sell-off. It did recover off of that, but just back and forth versus S&P 500 up 46% during that time. But you do get the big dividend for your patients. It's yielding 5.7%. So that's that's pretty high. That's pretty up there, right? But that's basically all you have been getting. So that's one of the issues with big dividends is that it might be somewhat of a trap. It's okay for those people who are looking only for the income of some sort, but not so good for those who also want, you know, the stock to appreciate, to actually see growth there in addition to getting a little bit of extra on the dividend. And this one, it's mostly all dividend over the course of that five years. And you never know what will happen with the dividend, right? Because that's the underlying business. So this one may be not so great if you're comparing it to, say, putting it in a money market fund where you're getting 5% because you're getting 5.7 here, but you're you could actually lose 
some of your base there, um, you know, like over the last month where it's down 6.9% over that time period. So these are the risks that us equity investors have to weigh when we're looking at these stocks with dividend yields because there are no sure things and um, you never know what's going to happen and who's going to keep their dividend, who's not, and what's going to happen with the actual underlying stock. But we like to get something extra on the side, like I mentioned, or at least I do. And especially um, in this kind of market, it's nice to get a couple percent for you know as a base um, when you're wondering if we're gonna sell off more or we're gonna rally. It's just nice to get some of that income and those little checks coming in, or maybe with some of you and some of these stocks, it might be actually quite a big check. So. That's the list. Those are the five stocks I chose off of it. Um, It was quite an interesting list. And as you can see, we do have some consumer names on here that have the better Zach's rank. These are ones and twos. So things aren't all doom and gloom on the consumer side, not yet. But I feel that a lot of the consumer names, including even like a Whirlpool, but definitely Ethan Allen and Guess are on the weaker side because people are still anticipating that it's going to get worse um, for the consumer and that if we head into that recession, the consumer's really going to pull back at least for, you know, six months, nine months perhaps. And so they don't want to own these stocks. These stocks could all go cheaper in a bigger sell-off. And um, that's why I also do kind of recommend for people, if you're looking for some new additions, but you're you're kind of jittery because we have had this sell-off in September and you're not sure if it's going to uh, turn around anytime soon, you know, dollar cost average into some of these. Nobody says you have to take whatever cash you have and put it all in at at one time. Um, that is the technique some people use, but many people buy, you know, weekly or monthly and that will work just as fine too. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about any stocks, but certainly value stocks and during a, you know, pullback like we're seeing in the overall markets that, you know, you don't have to go all in all at once. Okay, let's recap the stock tickers we talked about because it is an interesting group this week. We had Manpower Group, ticker M-A-N. We had Steelcase, S-C-S. Whirlpool, W-H-R. Ethan Allen, E-T-D. Guess, G-E-S is the ticker that one. And remember, watch earnings in the upcoming earnings season. A couple of these already have just reported earnings like Steelcase and Guess, but some of the others still coming up quite quite soon now. So be alert for those and, um, you know, listen in the conference calls, find out what is happening with their, their business and their dividend yield. And then you'll get maybe some insights, a little more uh, color on what's going on out there in the overall economy and with their particular businesses. And we'll check back in with some of these stocks as we go along here for this year. I know the discerning season is going to be kind of an important one once again. So I'll be doing my earnings all-stars videos. Be sure to check in on those. And I'll be tweeting out a lot of earnings charts and uh, some of the conference calls. I tune into many of those. And And, uh, you know, give some flavor about like what, again, what is happening out there in the economy. 
And as always, you want to make sure you get all of our podcasts. You can get them on Apple. We're on Spotify. We have a bunch of them on YouTube. You can just... uh, plug in Zach's podcast on your the regular YouTube channel and you'll come up to our page. You can listen in on all of our podcasts there, including Nina's excellent ETF podcast. But be sure to get us somewhere and I'll see you again next time on The Value Investor with some value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.